This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 579 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Jesse Drummond. She's with Wonder Gardens. Jesse, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And ah, man, this is like our first like I, can I like put you in the box of zoo? Like, yeah. uh, oh man, so <laughs> exciting. Wow. Uh, so welcome to the show. And, and I got to say, I know we have listeners once they hear your story and go, wow, she's so lucky. She gets to play with <laughs> animals all day. I mean, <laughs> so, it's quite fun. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You probably hear that quite often. So uh, let's start with Wonder Gardens. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the Wonder Gardens, um, is actually a historic site. It was built uh, by the Piper family in 1936. Um, and this is back when, you know, old 41 located in Bonita Springs, that mm. road was just a dirt road, right? So when people talk about Tamiami, that's Tampa to Miami. And the Wonder Gardens actually happened to be on the, you know, historical road in between those two areas. And so when the Piper family started the Wonder Gardens, they were really looking at something for people to stop on their way over, get out, see some of the animals, view the, the area. Um, and then in, in 2014, we, the Piper family had, had sold it to another individual and he was looking to get rid of it. And the city of Bonita Springs came together and were like, no, 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 we can't lose this place. Yeah. So they, yeah, they had a, a group of concerned citizens, I'll say, that came together and created a nonprofit. And so that's really when it became the Wonder Gardens instead of the Everglades Wonder Gardens. And then in partnership with the city, the city purchased the property, the nonprofit then started running it and we became a nonprofit in 2014. Now we take in, uh, we have rescued, rehabilitated and unreleasable animals. We have about uh, oh, really? 150 resident animals. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it brings back memories not too long ago because we're relatively new. We've been here about five or six years. And, uh, you know, one of our first visits to Benita Springs, you know, the, the town center, which is just a gem. Uh, and yeah. You know, we're walking along the, the, the is that a river there? The, uh, yeah, yeah. The Imperial and River. We're hearing these <laughs> like exotic bird sounds. <laughs> and, and Barbara and I are looking at each other like, oh, did you hear that? Like, what's going on here? And then we looked across the water and we're like, it, there must be some kind of zoo yeah. or something going on there. So it's uh, so funny because, like, if you're driving right past us, you probably don't even notice or feel no. But if no. you actually get out of the car and walk around downtown Bonita, it just pulls you in, you know? Yeah. And the neat part is, is if you even stop and check out Riverside Park, which is gorgeous. And sometimes you can go to the artist cottages yeah. and then, you know, you can kayak on the river. You could go to Benson's grocery store. Um, you know, you can even like he head to the Wonder Gardens and then afterwards go get lunch at like Maria's or um, Survey Cafe. It's just a, such a beautiful area yeah. and yeah. we're so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It really is something. So uh Good that you guys are part of it. Great that 2014, the town said, yeah, you know, we, we need to keep yeah. this because uh, whew, what an asset. So well, and it's wild to think that like there's, you know, I mean, we have the Conservancy in Naples and we have Crow out on Sanibel. We have the Naples Zoo. There's the Shell Factory in Fort Myers. But Benita didn't have something like this, you know, yeah. so I think it really showed something that the city was like, no, we want to keep it here. Yeah. This is what we're doing. And I mean, it's a his historical site. So it's, it's a it's a gem. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So how about your journey? How did you end up where you're at here? Yeah, so I actually, um, 
I came down to Southwest Florida um, back in 2010 um, to go to school. So I went to Florida Gulf Coast University and I majored in environmental science, graduated, worked at a nonprofit um, called Crew Lane and Water Trust for a little bit. It's another local nonprofit. And then decided to go back for my grad school and got my master's degree and decided to return to the nonprofit world after it. I worked on campus for a little bit in the Office of Service Learning and Civic Engagement. So that really helped me connect to a bunch of different organizations. And then um, David, our CEO and president, reached out to me about coming to the Wonder Gardens. And uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> that's how she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and then your focus is on the educational programs, yep. right? Yeah. So yep. I am the education and volunteer manager for the Wonder Garden. So I oversee okay. that. Yeah. So what's a typical day look like for you? There is not a typical. Uh, if there is such a thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I typically I try to start with a walk around the park just to to check on everything, see how stuff's doing, um, see what's different, what's blooming, how are the animals interacting. Um, but in season, it would literally, it usually would then at nine a.m. kick off with a field trip or some sort of, um, you know, uh, public encounter or something like that. And we're going to start doing more guided tours. We are increasing our animal encounters. So like, you know, the Naples Zoo has um, uh, keeper talks. So they have where their um, animal care team will come out and talk about the animals that they're working with. So we're gonna start doing that during season. So um, it, it really ramps up. I'm either in the park or I'm sitting behind a computer scheduling field trips programs and that sort of thing. <laughs> All right. So I put you on the spot a little bit here, but just, you know, when it comes to animals, sometimes they, they do things that are unexpected, you know, anything come to mind, like something funny that happened while you were, uh, you know. Yeah. There? So we, we have um, an umbrella cockatoo named little girl, and she actually falls into the three categories that of the animals that we have. She is rescued. So she was taken from a family that wasn't taking care of her. She was actually like attacked by their dog and oh. lost her. Yeah. Yeah, she lost her wing. So then she falls under the rehabilitated. So she had to go through a lot of care work and then she's unreleasable because she's an umbrella cockatoo. She's an endangered species. Um, and she is sweet as all can be. Um, but during mating season, all birds act a little funky. And so I'm, you know, typically I can hold her and it's no problem. And then she just looked at me and I was like, oh, there's something not right. And she just like started biting my hand. Oh. And, not, and like, you know, kind of like how any animals like nip, 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 it's yeah. no blood was drawn, nothing hurt, but she <laughs> stopped me. And ever since then, I just look at her before I pick her up and I'm like, are we going to be okay today? <laughs> yeah. What kind of mood are you in today? Yeah, How are you feeling today? <laughs> a lot of people in the animal world will say big birds like that, anything from like macaws, cockatoo, parrots, um, they're like toddlers, you know, they're like two year olds that you never know if they're going to be overly yeah. joyful or <laughs> so attention, <laughs> you know, so they're funny. They're good birds, though. That's great. That's great. How about when it comes to myths, misconceptions, uh, what do you hear that you can speak to? So the hard part with us is that we do not have a vet on site yet. This is something that like in the future years, if we can get to this point, we would need to increase our facility to be able to have like a quarantine area. Um, like, uh, um, you know, a place that we can take in animals that are hurt, but we are not um, like Crow, which is the clinical rehabilitation of wildlife. And we're not like the conservancy that does have a like wildlife um, uh, hospital. 
So that's, that's our hard part is that we really can't be taking, you know, we'll get phone calls and we'll get people that have like injured animals and they'll come to us. And unfortunately we just don't have the staff to take care of it. So at that point, then from our location, they still have to either drive to Naples or out to Sanibel. Um, So that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that we have rescued, rehabilitated and unreasonable animals, but we don't take them in actively um, because we don't have the facilities to, to, you know, take care of animals that need um, that, you know, oversight. Awesome. Well, how about after hours, Jesse, when you get outside there, what are you doing for fun? Yeah, so um, I am a big advocate of sustainable agriculture <laughs> and gardening. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm actually the uh, chair for the board for the Food Forest, which is an on-campus garden at uh, FGCU, Florida Gulf Coast University. So I spend quite a bit of time out there and I have a garden in my backyard. Well, good. I, I, I have to ask you then, I, I planted tomatoes a little while ago. Any tips for me? Um, is, this a, is this a good time of year to plant tomatoes? Yeah, but, yeah. You're I nailing could, it. Could. This is like when they're supposed to be in the ground, when they're growing. My thing with tomatoes is that you got to give them support just because they get so big and they grow so tall. Um, yeah. You know, whether you do like, you know, chicken wire or if you don't have anything at home and you're like, you know what, you can put two sticks in the ground, tie a rope around just to give them some support because okay. uh, they will they will climb. And if you let them hang on the ground, then that's when bugs get to your tomatoes a lot faster. All right. All right. Pretty much sunshine and water and I'm good. Sunshine, water. If you have chickens, keep them away. They love to. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have chickens? So the funny part is my neighbor has chickens. So (laughs) I have the garden, they have the chickens, but one day they got into my tomatoes and it was game over. Oh my God. I'll tell you, I am so jealous uh, of of folks (laughs) who have chickens because I've had someone give me you know, their eggs because it's like they have so many they don't know what to do with them and and oh my lord the difference between yeah. eggs from a, a you know not all eggs come from chickens i get it but yeah. you know from the backyard chickens I, i'm going to call it versus what you get in the supermarket yeah. well, no you can taste the difference. absolutely yeah. and like especially if you're feeding them like really healthy nutritious food like yeah. even the yolk yes different yeah. yeah no it's, it's, it's bigger it's bright bright yellow yeah yeah <laughs> wow, we could we just we'd spend all day talking about gardening and eggs and but anyway, we'll move on. Um, so how about when it comes to life's challenge, hardship, Jesse? What comes to mind a period of time that you were able to get through that challenge and now you look back and say, Hey, I'm better for it, I'm stronger. Yeah. I mean, I would say when it comes to the gardens, like the big thing was is getting through that moment of like, are we gonna be able to keep this place or not? Um, you know, without having a group of, of, we just had like a bunch of key players in the community that came together and were like, we can't let this place go. And that's when they reached out to the city and, and are working with the city. So I, I think one of the biggest hardships was, was getting to that point of um, forming a nonprofit without having any funds to back it and the city coming in to help us make this place happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it's like really the, the private public partnership. If, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be you know, the three acres that we're sitting on wouldn't be here in the way that they are. So mm-hmm. that was probably one of the scarier parts. And then Hurricane Irma in 2018 was really tough on the gardens. Wow. And yeah, what do you do with, with the uh, with the animals? Do you, do you have enough protection for them or do you have to go bring them someplace else? Um, it, it depends on the animal. Um, and, uh, but we have like a whole evacuation plan and kind of a phone tree. So of like, uh, in terms of staff who we call, and then we do have like 
a really great group of uh, volunteers here. Um, and some of them live here locally that also um, work with animals on a different basis. So we did have some people taking some home and then others, we just try to secure um, our admin building during hurricane, uh, what was it? Um, Tropical storm Fred, the one, the most recent one, we had like 12 parrots you know, all these different birds in admin building. Um, we had a duck in the, in the bathroom. Um, so, you know, we, we tried our best to make sure all the animals had a safe place um, indoors. And then we had a few that were able to be taken to some secure locations around the community. But um, I think the big damage was that, you know, we are a zoological park, but we also have beautiful gardens here, you know, 85, years of growth we have some really gorgeous trees massive banyans mahogany eucalyptus gorgeous like african tulip trees and we lost a lot during 2018 oh, yeah boy. but it also opened up for yeah. you know sunlight so we could plant new things try new areas so a little bit of it also then you know having that that storm allowed us to kind of clear out some of the canopy get some of those limbs that were hanging over some of our exhibits out of there. So yeah. I think we're definitely looking better now um, than we have been. Yeah, so. but that must have been uh, heart wrenching when uh, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. The Imperial River did 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 flood too. So there was a lot of a lot of water. So mm. you know overcoming that was probably one of the biggest triumphs. <laughs> yeah. How about one thing you wish our listeners knew about Wonder Gardens? What would that be? And I have to do one. <laughs> <laughs> For you, I'll allow two or three. Yay. Okay. I will say the first one is that um, we have a new president and CEO, uh, uh, David Rahatij Webb, and he has been with us for about a year and is really pushing for a gorgeous new direction, um, really trying to get us an accredited zoological park. So the Naples Zoo is an AZA accreditation, which is the highest standards. We can't hit AZA because we're not even, we, we would need to be at least five um, acres, which were only three, but we're pushing towards um, DAA accreditation. And that is really just going to put us on the map to even get that veterinarian care here and other things like that to, to continue to provide us a resource. But that also um, will elevate our educational programs too. Um, we're, I'm really hoping that we'll get the building next to the Wonder Gardens. Um, it used to be, I think, Twisted Tangled Cast tangled cafe or something um so we could do after school programs because the bonita middle school lets out right next to us and then we have all these middle schoolers at 3 p.m right. hanging out and i'm just like come learn stem programs <laughs> um so that's probably like the biggest thing is is we're really moving in a different direction um from you know back in 1936 where we were a roadside attraction to a, an accredited zoological you know, educational park is, is yeah. kind of what I'm so excited about. But I'll say the second one I am is that uh, we're getting otters. So otters. <laughs> otters. <laughs> we are building a state-of-the-art otter exhibit with a slide and a tunnel for kids to go under. Oh um, wow! We are, yes, we are very very excited. We're hoping by the you know uh, beginning of the new year things will start to be finalized. We're waiting on acrylic to come in. Apparently that's really hard to find nowadays with the pandemic, but. And um, 
And when you say things will be finalized, does that mean that the exhibit will be open or? Hopefully. The, I, I want to say finalized because um, it does take about a month, maybe two, for the otters to get used to the exhibit okay, and our, yeah. our animal care team. Yeah. So that is the other thing is we never want to open up an exhibit yeah. without having the animals comfortable yeah. in their habitat. Yeah. 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 yeah, but until then, on Fridays and Saturdays, we do have birds that come in from another rescue um, that you can actually have on your arms and hold and take pictures with. So yeah. um, we have some weekend excitement leading up to our, our otters coming in. Wow. wow. And are you guys open seven days a week? We are. Yep, yeah. seven days a week. Right now it's um, at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., but we're going to be pushing it back to 4 p.m. now that the afternoon you know, thunderstorms are. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Chris is great stuff. I know we have listeners who want to learn more, maybe volunteer, maybe donate, or at least get yeah. on over there. So what's the best way for them to connect with you guys? Yeah. So our website has a lot of our information. Um, you can always also reach out to me. So my email is just jessie, J-E-S-S-I, at wondergardens.org. Um, and if you were looking to volunteer, we also we take volunteers from the age of 14 all the way up to... Um, you know, if you're retired and want to come in and help them join us. So we have a huge volunteer program. You can donate online. Um, you know, uh, if you become a member, you actually get free admission to the park, which I think is a really big push, right? So mm -hmm. an adult to get in is around $12. A child, I think is eight. So with a membership, which is like, I think for a family might be a little over a hundred, you can then get in the whole year for free. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we have like a Halloween event coming up. So there's a lot of fun stuff happening, but that's yeah. all on our website. We're on Facebook, Instagram, follow us. Love lots it. Of, lots Love of fun it. flamingo pictures on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. In 2022, the otters come. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have to thank you so much for having us. It's exciting to share yeah. for it. Well, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I know, uh, yeah. Folks are going to really, really enjoy this episode and get on over there. So, Jesse, we wish you guys the absolute best going forward. Awesome. Thank you all so, so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.